podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Good evening and welcome to the Friday forecast with the LFC Day Trippers. I am Gav and with me I have brought Chris back. I have Joe Wayman from All Leeds TV. It is Joe's show, I just host, you know that. And I have brought Pete Selby from For Fuck's Sake podcast, the Leicester City podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, tonight on the show, we have a full round of Premier League uh, games to get through. We're going to look at six in some sort of detail. And we're going to give you quick predictions on four. We're going to look for three scorers off each of the of the panel here tonight and me. And then the viewers have to get involved. And they are going to have to give me some predictions on Arsenal v Manchester United. To um to put into another syndicate, we're gonna we're gonna put live for that game as well. Of course, this show is brought to you by Colossus Bets. Go to colossusbets.com and um, use LFC DT as your referral code when you're getting in there. And listen, join our look us up in there, join our syndicates, have a look at our selections. If you like them, join in, get involved, and if we win some money, you win a part of it. But you can also just go in and put put bets on yourself you don't have to join syndicate you can see stuff and put bets on yourself and make up your own stuff you can be you can make your own syndicates and get people to get your friends involved so there's loads of different things you can do in there with colossus bets um if you're wondering what our syndicate is this week it's six games from the premier league um this weekend if you look in the description to this video when we're finished you will see it there if you click on it it'll bring you to the site it might ask you to sign up it takes four or five minutes and of course use lfc dt um lads are all very 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 welcome um, Pete, it's been a, a little while since we've had you on, but um, Leeds and Leicester, I had to, I just had to. Joe's not too happy about it because he reckons they're getting, uh, you're getting a hiding. I think is the word you use, Joe. Oh, no, no, um, didn't. That's not fair. <coughs> <laughs> no, no. What did you say? Smashed, I believe, was the phrase. Spanking, spanking, weren't it? Spanking. <laughs> okay, a spanking. Okay, so it's a hiding. It's the same thing, you know. In Dublin, yeah. it's the same thing. Uh, Free World says he's only watching shows with Gav moving forward. Jesus, Free World. Thanks a million, but um, there's people that way better than than this um, than me on this on this channel. Trust me. Um, make sure you watch them all. Watch every single one of them. We have um, 
we have great guests we've great hosts um, and we've good shows so um, watch them all free world don't be like that um, it's Friday night right um, I'm going to get straight into it lads and what I'm going to go to is the first game I'm going to talk about and I can't start anywhere else I just can't it's impossible my body my mind nothing will let me I have to start with Chelsea v Burnley simply because Joe is over the moon Frank Lampard is out the door and I'm having a fucking breakdown because Tommy Tuchel has turned up in English football Um to you first, Joe, um, he gets sacked, and I have to be honest, I, I, me and you called it a couple of weeks ago, we couldn't see him lasting. I thought he'd get just beyond the window, and then out the door, but he'd done it in the week just before. Um, but he gets sacked, and the big thing to come over for me, Joe, was that he's still a media darling, isn't he? Oh, mate, do you know what, Gav? I, I, I turn on Sky Sports News, I'm laid in bed, and it was like he died. It was like he died. They were they had they had Harry Redknapp coming on and all this like giving eulogies about him. It had like it was like a wake. I thought, what's going on here? You know, um, I'm not, I did contemplate at the start. Should I be so happy about someone losing the job? And it lasted for about thirty seconds, and then I thought, yeah, nah, I don't care. Um, he, he he was he was no good. He is no good. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I hate to say I told I told you so, but I did tell them, man. I told them, um, and no one would have it. I got a bit of stick for it, um, which rightly so. I, I put out on Twitter just for the haters, you know, just to show them that I was right that he wouldn't last. You know, you can uh, you win your battles, right? So um, yeah, it was no good. And look, I think the, the the funniest thing for me, Gav, coming out of it, obviously with this athletic article whoever it was, I'm told it might have been Rudiger. But when they were coming out and saying that he had no tactics and he was just telling them to go out and express themselves at times and stuff, I don't know if you managed to read the article, and I thought that were quite telling because that's what we've been saying. That's what we've been saying, you know, since forever. Um, I thought, some, yeah, look, and, and I think as well, I know you don't like Tuchel, but Gillan Balagay put on the Twitter how, like, um, how he's shocked at that Tuchel isn't getting praised or people are excited by the fact that this great young manager, tactician, whatever, I know you don't agree, Gav, but has come to the Premier League and there doesn't seem to be any sort of um, anyone happy about it. And that simply is due to the fact it, it's because it's Frank that's lost his job and he's still the media darling, like you said, you know. Um, watching all this eulogy stuff that were going on on Sky Sports, not the, like Jamie O'Hara and that. I'm like, what? This guy's not even relevant. Why are they talking to Jamie O'Hara? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, do you know what I mean? What's he yeah. got to do with it? But he, they're coming on and they're saying it's nothing to do with Frank. It was to do with the players. It's to do with Chelsea. Whilst also having a graphic graphic up on the screen that shows he has the worst points per game record than any other manager under Abramovich. Now, I get time, the situation that we're in COVID, all this stuff. But if that was Sarri, if that was someone that isn't Frank from abroad, They'd have it'd have been a totally different rhetoric. It'd have been, yeah, he's not good enough. You know, look at Villas Boas. Well, we see, I mean, well, we see, well, we we've seen it with loads of Chelsea managers. Yeah, like, yeah. like I, I still think 
probably Chelsea's best team was Ancelotti's 0-9-10. I still think that's Chelsea's best. Like people will say 0-4-0-5-0-5-0-6 Mourinho, but 9-10 Ancelotti was unbelievable. And then he ran out of the place. Um, you had Scolari, you've had villas Boas, you've had um, Di Matteo after winning the European Cup. Um, the list goes on. The list goes on. Rafa, yeah. Um, I have... forget, you know, sorry, just to jump, I just want to make this mm. final point. Sorry, mate, because I won't get to do it anymore, will I? Um, I thought it was funny how the... the, the ke- it kept coming out when Frank had had a go at Villas Boas and said he was he was uh, too young. It came too early in his career. He, he he used his cards and none of them worked. And I felt it was a little bit like the tables have turned now. The players have turned on you, kind of thing. And it's re- it's reap what you sow. You know that's that's the kind of vibe I got from it as well. I thought, yeah, two fingers on your bike. And I thought it was funny the night before Chelsea brought out a banner saying. You know, in Frank we trust and all yeah. that stuff. It must have been it? smuggled into the ground. Oh, um, David Snutch says, my God, Gav, who cut your hair? Piss on myself laughing. David, let, let me um, let you in on, on a little secret. When I have a sh- I had a shower, um, I had a shave, and I just let my hair dry naturally. And that's what happens if I don't put gel in it. I just look, I look like something out of them. Um, I don't know what I look like, but um, there's nothing I can do now, apart from disappearing for a minute and coming back with gelled hair. So it's just not going to happen. Um, but thanks for pointing that out, David. Um, an invaluable, an invaluable comment you've put in there. And me being me has put it up on the screen. But um, that's exactly what happened. Um, P, I'm going to come to you because, you know, when you look at Brendan Rodgers, you know, Brendan Rodgers is, well, he's in the game a good while now, but he'd still be considered to be a youngish manager. Um, when you look at, when you look at Frank Lampard, did you see this coming a mile off? Um, or were you surprised by it? What was your feeling on Lampard? Because I'll tell you straight, um, I thought he was put in there as a PR exercise and it was always going to end badly. I think it was just an easy, easy person to put in, really, because because of his history at the club. I've got no real kind of feeling towards Frank. It was uh, no surprise that they got rid of him. It's the second Chelsea manager that's been sacked after losing away at Leicester in the Premier League. Uh, it was It's just run-of-the-mill course for Chelsea. If they go through a, a, a sticky spell, they will sack their manager. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be an Angelotti. It can be a, a young manager like Frank. Now, was he put in too early? Was his Uh, Did he have the credentials? Did he have the experience? Uh, No, no. And yes, it was obviously way too early for him. But for saying you look at Chelsea and their record this season um, and the way that they got through last season, obviously with not signing loads of players, they brought them in. It's not really clicked. They were top at the beginning of December. So overall, if you look at the whole situation, their record in Europe, in the Cup, I think overall it's possibly slightly too early but overall I'm not particularly bothered it's just running the mill for Chelsea I'm not surprised they brought in uh, Tuchel who again should be okay he'll do fine for a year and a half and then all of a sudden they'll go for a sticky spell and he'll get sacked it's Chelsea that's what happened they don't really want a manager there for a long term project that's quite clear they just want instant success and they'll throw as much money as possible towards it that's what Chelsea are about and I think also Chelsea fans and the Chelsea fans that I've spoken to about this, one or two uh, close mates of Chelsea fans, and they, surprisingly to me, because I thought they would be really kind of downhearted about it because Frank's history at the club. But from the people I've spoke to, it's a kind of an acceptance, like this is what's going to happen at Chelsea. So why not? Because if it doesn't happen, if they start to get angry with the board, with the owner, then they won't have all these signings year in, year out, and they will probably resort back 
to their kind of natural position in football without the Abramovich millions. So they just kind of nod their head and go, yeah, okay, we'll put up with that because, again, uh, the big boss is the big boss. So overall, no surprise he's gone. And uh, I think Tuchel will do quite well with the players that they've got. I can see them uh, becoming uh, a lot stronger and a lot uh, a lot better in the Premier League, a lot more predictable. That's one thing with Frank. They were very, very unpredictable. Good on a day, but you just never knew what team they were going to play. I think a few players will be um, not given as many chances, put it that way, this time. I think uh, he'll try and settle on a side. Might take a few weeks, but uh, I think there could be another big change at Chelsea in the summer, play that way. A lot of yeah. ins and outs. Yeah, it could, it could be because, like, despite what he spent on, and this is meant to be a Chelsea Burnley thing, but let's we're on Chelsea. But but despite what they've spent, you know, unless Tuchel has been earmarked months ago before these signings, which I highly do, he's going to want his own players. Like he could genuinely turn up and say, "I don't like Timo Werner." Now there's not much chance of it happening, but he could. He could. He could not fancy uh, Silva. He could not fancy Havertz. He could not whoever they are. He could not fancy them. And he's gonna. We know. Yeah, you're right. In what you're saying about a long term project at Chelsea, it's about bundling money at it and hoping something comes out of it over a year, eighteen months, and then if it doesn't, it, we, it we stop be, and go again. It won't be those players though. It will be the. I know Odson Odoi played. It will be him. It will be the Mounts. It will be the young players, Tammy Abraham. They will be the players I can see being frozen out in time and maybe moved on in the summer. It will be those established stars uh, yeah. who have underperformed this season for various different reasons. Individually, there's been many different cases and many different reasons, I think, overall. Uh, but ultimately disappointing. But I think those will be the players who will be chosen by them. I know they played a very experienced back line in his first game, but uh, it will take a while to go through the players. But I think it will be those young players at Chelsea who ultimately will more than likely pay the price. That's if Tuchel stays around for as long as uh, as long as the summer, who knows? You never know with Chelsea. Yeah, uh, Paul Gormley says let's get a hundred likes before quarter past ten. Um, yeah, go ahead. You've three minutes. Let's see how you can get on. Um, Chris, you know we've spoken at length about on shows and 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 privately about about um, Frank Lampard and and what what's going to happen when and where when will it end? Because we all I think agree it would end and it would be sooner rather than later. But this Tuchel fella's turned up, right? And he does my fucking head in. Um, he has done <laughs> since Anfield 2016 when he's manager at Dortmund. And he's trying to be Jürgen Klopp. And he's genuinely trying to be Jürgen Klopp in everything he does. He's at Dortmund. He's throwing himself around the sidelines and stuff like that. And it, You know, people have a go at Jürgen Klopp because, you know, he, he's animated and stuff like this. But this fella's different. This fella's animated in a... In a way that he's trying to get in your face. He's a little, he's about seven stone wet through and he's trying to get in your face. You know how he just does my head in. He does me head in. Uh, but Chris, do you think he can be a success there? Because I, I don't rate him. I, I'm being honest with you. Like he's at Dortmund fine. He goes to PSG. You know, like that's not a challenge. This is a challenge now. Do you think he's up to it? Um, I think he's great. Just you don't. I do. I think he's brilliant. I don't, I don't see what your problem is. Well, you clearly been, don't. <laughs> I've been winding up about this now since the summer. Tuchel's coming to the Premier League because it just yeah. felt inevitable and it was just pissing your cornflakes a little bit. Um, I think he's better than what, than what Lampard has, but um, I fought for a while with him. He's very tactically naive. Um, you, the, the games in the, the big games in Europe, the big games uh, I've seen in Germany where he balls up, he's very tactically naive. I mean, when we beat them 4 3, which is great for us, but when you look at it back, 
the three one up and they're going for a fourth and you sort of going, you don't need to. You just sit back and wait, wait, and wait, basically wait for the chance, which is how they got three one up and he didn't. So he'll do. Look, he'll do better. He'll make them a threat for the top four. But I do think ultimately in big European games he'll get found out because he'll do he'll do something. He'll try and do what we've accused Rogers of in the past. He'll overthink it, uh, but to a much bigger degree. And you'll end up you'll end up with like a Werner at left back for some reason, just because he thinks that'll work. So I think look, I, I think I'll be amazed if he's there past two years. I mean he's on an eighteen month contract. I'll be amazed if he sees it out. Um he's probably just another glamorous stopgap. And it says the Lampard's going, um, good. Uh I don't get the media darling hype. I think he's shit. I think he had a, an unfounded arrogance about him. And you knew this the weekend he was gonna go when he's when you start calling journalists out and have a go say well, what you write about my team's crap and I don't know why they read it and you know you're really disrespectful you're sort of going you can't beat the media you just you're just setting yourself up now for the fall and I'm sure that's probably the last straw where Bramwich went this lad's gone he's not he's not gonna take it anymore so um yeah you know it was one then so for me look I've enjoyed watching Joe's rants about Lampard the, the great fun and I get to watch yours about Tuchel so you know keeps my season going yeah, and and we were on, and I was only thinking earlier. Then, you know, what happens if Bielsa decides to call a quits and and Lampard um, is in the running for the Leeds job? Because like, I would literally, I would literally, I would literally um, travel if it was allowed to Joe's house and sit with him for a week solid while this all unfolded. And um, not even, not even, I wouldn't even video it. I wouldn't, not for content, just to sit with you, Joe, just to comfort you as Lampard rockets up the standings um, and with the bookies uh, for the next manager of Leeds. It'd be absolutely unbelievable. But Burnley, lads, um, and, and Pete, I'll come back to you. You know, they win at Anfield. They, you know, they win at Anfield, Liverpool going through a horrendous um, stretch of form that ended against Spurs, fingers crossed. But, but they win at Anfield, they go away and they win at Fulham in the Cup uh, convincingly, and then they beat Villa the other night as well. Um, not an easy game for Chelsea, this, is it? It's not. I absolutely love Burnley. They're my second favourite team in the Premier League. I know that might sound absolutely bonkers, but they are who they are. They've got good players. They play to their strengths. And you have to respect that. Their performance at Anfield was fantastic. The game against Villa recently was a brilliant watch. And they cause, they can cause every team in the Premier League problems. You go and play Burnley. If they're on a bad run of form, then yes, you can go. And if you play to your standards, you should win the game. But on their day, they can turn anyone over. Now, I know their full standard of football is direct. But then when you've got Barnes, and Chris Wood, who I know very well, obviously, from the Leicester days, that's going to be the strengths that you play to. Excellent keeper, really good defence, and they're going to cause Chelsea problems. But also, you look at the Chelsea side against Burnley, and I think in this particular game, if you're looking... And I always mention about the start of the game, which is obviously going to be important when you look at overall who's going to, you think, going to go on and win. But I think the first 15 minutes, maybe even first 10 minutes, is going to be absolutely crucial here because with Chelsea, if they get an early goal in this game, then maybe they could just turn up with the new manager on the sideline and, and run riots. Completely the opposite way around, though. If Burnley sit in, defend like they did at Anfield and like we know that they can do with uh, an excellently organised side, excellent keeper, defenders, etc., then it could well be the opposite way around. Good delivery into the area with the big man up top and they could easily take advantage of the Chelsea defence. And again, who knows 
who's going to play for Chelsea, who knows where they're going to play. They could throw in all sorts of spanners. They, I would be amazed if um, Tuchel plays possibly half the team who started against Wolves. I think he's going to give everyone a chance over the next few games. I think he's going to throw these players out onto the field and tell them, look, show me what you can do. Not saying he's going to ignore the threat of Burnley, but I think he's going to want to see what his players can do and just see what happens in the game rather than really take note of what Burnley can do. I think Burnley can go and hurt them. I do think Chelsea overall will get the win. I think they'll start quickly and maybe try and catch Burnley out. But uh, I'm a big fan of Burnley. I like the way that they operate. Uh, I like the manager and, uh, and, and the way they go about things. But uh, I am going to go for a Chelsea win in this game. Chris, um, you know, like Pete says, he, he changes around a little bit for Wolves. It's a nil-all draw and, and, and Tuchel is going to be looking at players. And, and, and I, I agree with Pete. He's going to be putting teams out and he may change it around for the next four or five weeks. Um, without scuppering himself too much because he still is in a fight for top four in my opinion and he, he may do that is that something Burnley can get at that you know they've changed it around a bit that they might be trying something new we know it all takes time and Burnley are the sort of that can come out and just be really solid and catch it with one long ball or catch it with one good ball into the box and they can sit and defend they're good at it yeah they are look they do what they do and they do it very well I mean but they, they did they did the same thing towards. I think it'd be a very similar plan. Um, I, I I think Burnley will get something out of this out of uh, the game to be honest. Because uh, the thing with Tuchel is, uh, I know it's a cliche, but you don't see you don't really see sides like Burnley in in the in the uh, the French league or in the uh, German league. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a a culture shock for him. Uh, and some of their players at the moment mentally are a bit flaky. So I fancy Burnley to get a draw draw out of this um, and look the weird thing with Tuchel is um, the concern he's going to have is and we know what this that club's like is give it another couple of results like that they'll be on his case already it's that type of cl- it's just that type that he, there's no time in it you know it's both a, both a blessing and a curse but I've got a feeling uh, Burnley will take an advantage and get a get a point out of the game Okay Joe um, you know we're talking about Chelsea mixing things up and stuff like that they can't they can't mix it Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense too much candy you know I think they will mix it around but to a certain extent they'll, they'll try to go with a little bit of a tried and tested I'm sure he's getting advice from um, you know from the people around the club as to you know what players are in form or form that's how it works but when when you look at Burnley coming to town you know is he going to be used to this sort of football you know because people can say oh yeah he'd be used to it in, in France because PSG had teams that sat back but these are really physical Burnley really get in your mm-hmm. face you know and, and, and they just and they play with that two up front most a lot of teams don't they play with that two up front and they really want to work your central defenders which then in turn makes your full backs drop off a little bit as well is it a case of we're overhyping Burnley here after a couple of results or is there is there a real chance here for them no, I, th- I think much like uh, you said earlier, Gav, about uh, Tuchel trying to trying to find the right personnel. You know, so it's a perfect time to really play them um, for this Burnley side who are in great form and they will be tough to break down. 
Um, I know it's uh, it's down at the bridge, but I think it will be tough for them to break down. They can pass around all they want, you know. We've seen these crazy numbers, but ultimately you didn't score a goal, you didn't get a win, you know, you got a point. You know, they struggled to break down Wolves, and I think it might might be the same. And um, I think while he's in this transitional period, you know, you spoke about like how you know he'll be getting words around the club. Like, it's a really strange that he dropped Mount to be fair, because Mount's arguably been one of Chelsea's you know better players. Yeah, um, so it was strange to see him dropped. Maybe that was a, a case of, I don't know, your Frank's main boy, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's been treated as a bit of a scapegoat. I don't know. But um, he's a top talent. Um, he's Mason Mount, to be fair. And he dropped him. So it'd be interesting to see if he puts him, if, you know, because he only had a couple of days. It'd be interesting to see what his lineup is this time. Obviously, he went with tried and tested, didn't he? He went with uh, dropped James and, and stuff like that. And I think Reese James is a decent fullback. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. But I do think it's the perfect time to play Chelsea, especially for a Burnley side, the way they set up. Will it be something that Tuchel's used to? Probably not, you know. Like over here, the way that Burnley set up, it's tough for anyone to break down. Um, and like Pete said, they can get a result, you know, when they're on it, when they're on it. And uh, they are on it at the moment. So a bit like Chris, you know, I, I could see them getting a point, to be fair. Okay, so go on, give us your prediction. Then are you going for a draw? Yeah, we'll go We'll go one all. We'll go one okay. all. Okay, Chris? I had that as well, 1-1. One, one. Okay. Uh, P, Chelsea win? Uh, yeah, I think Chelsea will win. I'm going to go for 2-0 Chelsea, but maybe a late goal to seal it. But I think uh, Burnley will, will be in the game now. Okay. Um, Pete said 2-0 to Chelsea. And usually when he speaks, it happens because he's an unbelievable record in this show of um, giving us predictions and a lot of them work out. I'm going to go the, slightly... The last go- time, it, 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 yeah, I was I was tossing them up last time. It's a shame I didn't put anything on Yeah, scores because it got a bit silly towards, towards the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start making notes of your predictions and um, bet, betting on them and just absolutely ignoring what Joe says, especially when it comes to Sheffield United. Um, but I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea. Um, Craig Lowe agrees with me. He says 2 one. Um, Kevin Sullivan has one nil Burnley. The Jays would be great. I love it. Um, I, and listen, I don't really pay attention to Chelsea to be honest. Most weeks, but my God, I'll be paying attention now. And if um, <laughs> if if Burnley can lash in a, in a, in a one nil, I'll be absolutely over the moon because the quicker this fella's out of English football, the better for me. Um, um, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, right, a uh, couple of quick predictions. Chris, um, Palace v Wolves, two one Palace. 2-1 Palace. Oh, Joe. Palace v Wolves. Nil-nil. Okay, Jesus. Really down, aren't you, Joe? Nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, nah, they're both. Yeah, nil-nil. Right. Anyone, just quickly, does anyone know if Zaha's back fit? I don't, mate, nah. He, he nah, was out. I, I have, to, have to get an interview for fancy I- football team. I don't think I don't think he is. To be fair. Okay. Okay. No worries. Um, P. Palace was. Well, I've got down nil nil. Um, oh well. Maybe. Maybe. But it, but if not one one, but a draw um, and a boring one as well. Okay. Um, this is part of our syndicate. It's the second game in our syndicate on the list. Um, we have gone for two one to Palace. We've gone for one nil to Wolves, but we also have gone for a nil nil draw. Um, so um, I think. Wolves have been fairly low scoring in the last while, I think. So um I think that's where the nil nil came from. Um C E B Sheffield United. Joe will be very, very careful with this one. Uh P prediction City v Sheffield United. I don't think there's gonna be a surprise here. I think the surprise will be if it isn't four or five. I'm gonna go for the big five again. Five nil. Okay. Chris? 
One one. One one. I'm Amazing. joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, be four nil. Okay, uh, Joe. I still think they might stay up, but I don't think it'll start in this game, and I think they'll get beat three nil. Okay, okay. I'm using, I'm using the same tac- tactic as using Joe in the FA Cup. That worked quite well. Yeah, <laughs> that did work quite well. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think City will now. I think Sheffield United will have put a lot into that game during the week, and fair yeah. play to them. It was a good result away at, at Old Trafford. The defending, though, the, <laughs> I watched some United clips after of um, certain YouTube or fan channels, and my God, it was absolutely, Brilliant. it was amazing. When they should be handing out Oscars to these fuckers. Yeah. But um, the defending for the United for the second goal is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and how it's not being put to Benny Hill music, or if it has fair play to someone, but it's absolutely outrageous when they show it from the sideline as to what's going on here and it's just passed back to the keeper he's randomly kicking it in places and Sheffield United just keep doing the same thing over and over and you know you just keep looking at them until it goes in the net it was absolutely fantastic if, we'll, if we'll that have... happened if that happened on a computer game if that happened on FIFA you'd take it out of the, the PlayStation and you send it back to the shop saying there's a problem with it there's a problem it's, here yeah. uh, it, it, it looked like a glitch rather than an error it was really weird to watch it was very very odd do you know what? I was watching the clip, and this is genuine, right? I think it's Maguire passes to De Gea, who kicks it out to the sideline and puts his hands up as if to go, why is there nobody there? What are you fucking doing kicking it there, right? But you know the way it gets crossed in and comes back out and gets crossed in again? I genuinely thought the video had restarted. The video I was watching had restarted and was replaying this thing over again. I was like, no, this is happening. This is really happening. And then it goes in. It was it was unbelievable. But I think Sheffield United have put a lot into that game. And, and it was a great win for them. Um, it gives them a chink of light. But I, I see you'll have way too much of them. Um, I'm gonna, I am gonna. I think City will just counter at this. And I think 3-0 um, for me. Um, game number two in detail we want to look at is Everton v Newcastle. Everton, of course, drew with Leicester during the week. Um, so, Pete, I'm going to come to you first. Um I didn't see the game. I, I didn't see highlights. I just seen the result and thought, yeah, Liverpool, the form they're in, that's actually a result I need to watch out for. And I did. But what way did it go? Was it was it a fairly even game? Was, was a draw a fair result? Um, I would say, overall, you could argue that the draw maybe was a, um, the fair result. How the game went, absolutely not. Leicester completely dominated the game, played really well, completely dominated possession. We obviously are missing Vardy, which we'll come on to when we talk about the game against Leeds. But... Um, Everton had chances late on to actually win the game. So when you weigh up um, the chances in the game, you could say, yes, a draw. But Leicester played really well. They were missing a few midfielders. Decore should be back for this game. Uh, their forward line, uh, Richardson's always caused his problems, did again. Mm-hmm. DCL doesn't look to me like he's 100%. He's getting there, um, yeah. but he wasn't quite as active as he's been all season. He's had an excellent season. Um but Leicester played very, very well, can completely control the ball. With the Corre coming back, that will be um, a big help for them. The problem is for Newcastle, um, they aren't Leicester. They won't keep the ball as well. Um, we just didn't, we didn't quite create as many chances as it didn't quite fall for us, which I know is a very easy excuse to make. But we had the ball around their penalty area so much. And it, we didn't really have any clear-cut chances just through excellent, first of all, defending. I thought Mark Keane at the back was excellent. Mm. Um, but also, it just didn't fall for any of our strikers, forward players. And ultimately, our goal was a ricket by the goalkeeper, who's dreadful anyway, as we know, Pickford. Oh, he has the lamps. Oh, it was terrible. It was actually down to his right-hand side rather than his left, because he's got the Joe Hart problem of not being able to save anything to his left-hand side. But uh, in this game, I think it's completely different for Everton. They're playing a, a dreadful Newcastle side. 
who just don't score goals. I know they're getting players back, Maximan's back, which I think everyone is delighted for because of the problems that he's had through COVID. Um, and also having Fraser as well, that gives them a lot more pace with Almiron. We know their number nine can score goals, but I just can't see them scoring. They've scored, what, five goals in the last 11 games against an Everton side who showed against Leicester that their defence is playing very, very well, apart from their obviously rubbish keeper. I think Everton in this game, I think with another game under his belt for Dominic Calvin-Lewin, I can just see Everton, if they get an early goal, running right here. And it could be, I think the sacking of Frank Lampard, I think may start a little bit Mm. because we're getting towards, I know we're only a few days away, but there could be a bit of a panic on. I wouldn't be surprised if this signals the end of Steve Bruce. You mentioned earlier about... uh, local press about having got the press look what's happened recently at Newcastle with banning local press etc I know that's not the first time that that's happened but I think if this is a heavy defeat which I think it will be at least a comprehensive defeat then it might be the end of Bruce at Newcastle so I think overall Everton a straightforward win along the lines of about a 3-0 and I think Calvert-Lewin will now fully fully match fit will will get on the score sheet so um, a, a, a very strong word for Everton in a game which will be completely different to the game they played midweek against Leicester. Yeah. Chris, I, I, I used to feel sorry for Newcastle. Um, and the reason being is, one, their owner, and two, they're a, they're a, you know, they're a one-club city. Um, you know, the fanatical support, they, you know, when they went down to the championship, they, they followed them everywhere. A bit like Leeds, you know, massive, massive away support, no matter where they went in the country. You know, if, if Newcastle are in your division, you're, you're guaranteeing you're selling out your, your away end. But now it's just getting tedious. It's just getting te- it's just rinse and repeat. It's Groundhog Day. You know, like even when Rafa was there, people were going, Rafa this, Rafa that. Listen, Rafa wasn't going to get anywhere with them. He was keeping them up and that's it. And he's above that. You know, Steve Bruce comes in and, and I've seen comments a couple of weeks ago that Steve Bruce, when he's asked about tactics, the kind of, the questions kind of go over his head because he's a bit, I don't really concentrate too much on that. That blew my mind. Um, but now it's just like, where did he go, Chris? Like, because don't get me wrong, they're in a horrendous run of form. I think they're in a massive, massive, um, uh, danger going down because this is a rut that they're just they don't look like getting out of I hear what Pete's saying about players coming back but it always seems to be that I have to just have this player back where did he go Chris because they will sack Steve Bruce in my opinion who did he get in and what's the, what's the outlook here is it is it just stay up and then just go through another fucking summer and then start this all over again and we're doing the same thing a year from now uh, with Newcastle I think the outlooks uh, they're going to do a Sunderland they're going to go to League One I generally right. think they've got to that point now where you, you saw these signs of Sunderland where no matter who they got in as a manager, it didn't matter. Look, Steve Bruce, he may, he's not the greatest manager. Uh, I do sort of feel sorry for him because that's his club. That's his boy old club and it's it's just a nightmare for him. Um, and I think this Newcastle side is not as good as the one that went down when Rafa took over at tail end. They had a bit, that, that team had a bit more about it and was underperforming. I think if they go down, the Muppet they've got owning them, he, he won't invest anything, uh, especially the COVID time. He'll invest even less. And the fear for Newcastle is, I think if they go down, I don't think they come up for quite some time. And I could see them doing the sudden going down to League One, and you know, which is horrible for Newcastle because you know, like you said, when Newcastle come to you come come like to Anfield, you know, they're bouncing, they fill the away end, you know, it's always a good atmosphere with them. You know, they're a good laugh, they're always a good laugh to have around. But 
it's just really teased. I thought actually they'd do a bit better this year when they signed um, Wilson. I thought, oh, they finally got a proven goal scorer. But you've got to get him the ball. And, you know, St. Maximan being out for so long has just been a killer for them. You know, he is like the talisman. But the way the way I look at this game is if Pickford plays, they've got a half a chance. If, but the talk from um, Ancelotti was Pickford is still in a rotation with the other keeper, which says to me then he doesn't fancy his keeper because you only rotate your keeper when you think your number one's crap. But if you put, if you put Olsen and go for Everton, I think Everton win comfortably 2-0, don't really get out of first gear. Yeah, it's 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 a strange one because like I know what you're saying if they go down, do they just go down again? But Ashley has this record of they've gone down two or three times, I think, in the last ten years. From the it might have been twice. I know Shearer pretended to be a manager oh, for a while and got them, um, and got them relegated, and then they went down under somebody else. I don't know who it was, but he has this record then of just throwing a bit of money at it picking up players from the championship to get the best championship squad and come back up and then look to consolidate and then just move up two or three positions to stay out of stay out of relegation zone and keep going because he's making a fistful of money, you know. Um but Joe, do you agree with Chris? Could could this be a season where they go down and then we've all said Newcastle hit rock bottom, but we're losing out on a takeover. Steve Bruce having an awful time. COVID affecting everything. So Mike Ashley's going to be watching every penny. And then a relegation. Is, could this be the beginning of the end for Newcastle? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think um, they've got they've got a good they've got some decent players. They have got some decent players. You know, um, Saint Maximan, Fraser, Wilson, Almiron look good against us as well. Shelby can be good on his day. Um, Lascelles, um, Jamal Lewis. You know they've got they've they've got a, a, an all right squad. It's just the man in charge hasn't got a Scooby Doo, has he? You know no. I speak to a Newcastle fan regularly, and you know things will go well, and then it'll come next week, and he'll just totally switch it up and put Joe Linton in or whatever. You know it's just really really. I've been strange. I've been told the same. I've been told that. Um, I done a thing with a Newcastle fan before we played him a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that they co- he constantly changes the lineup and constantly changes the the formation. And um, every time you go to or you go to watch them or watching them on TV, you just don't know what's what's going on. It takes you fifteen twenty minutes to realize what Newcastle are. At. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. It is mad, and uh, I don't. I think it gets to a stage where where Mike Ashley's wanting to protect his investment. He's wanting to sell the club. I don't think he'll allow them to go down. Because let's not forget, I think he knows, this is what I found quite like telling at the start of the season, he knows that he's got a manager who isn't capable because he spent quite a lot of money in the summer. Now, if you compare that when he had Rafa, he gave Rafa no money because he knew he didn't need to because he had a good enough manager that would keep... Do, do you see what I'm saying? So it shows yeah. the measure of the man. Because if he'd have give. Rafa the same amount of money, then they wouldn't even be in this probably this situation. You know, they'd be looking higher up the table, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think it gets to a point where where he has to push the exit button. Um, it's who comes in though. Who's who's going to? True, true. Who, who, I, can't, few, I can't see anyone big coming. I mean, Rafa is no. is mentally off. He'd probably go back because he's he's, no, he's, no. he's a bit mad like that. You say no, but I mean, he went to Chelsea and they ate him. You know, yeah, he, he seems he loves nutty owners. So, but you see, but you see, we we we've spoken about Lampard, right? And I'm not I'm not pushing Frank Lampard for any job. Um, yeah. let's let's make that very clear. <clears throat> but I think it's better than bringing in Bruce. That's been around. He, he must be managing twenty years now, right? 
instead of having the Bruce type that is just a bit stale, I think you're better off. Like someone mentioned Eddie Howe there. Eddie Howe can't leave Bournemouth without getting fucking homesickness. Don't be minding him. Um, but I think it's better to bring in a manager that is trying to make his way in the game and is tactically aware and has a plan and has a has a way of playing and a, st- a structure of philosophy. Now, it mightn't go well, but he had, he'd have more in the bank coming out of that because you always have the fact that Mike Ashley is there to fall back on as your argument. So if you're looking at, I don't know, pick a couple of young managers out there and go, he, you know, they might be looking at him and going, it's a fucking mad place to go. But, you know, if I did manage to get it anyway right, he's going to be revered by Newcastle fans. And as well as that, even if it goes well and then goes to a slump and he and he leaves, he still has that time in the bank and Newcastle in the Premier League to walk upon if he wants to go a little bit further. I think that's the way they should go. But having said that, the chances are they could offer fucking West Brom five million for Allardyce and, and get him in because that they're just that mad. They really are. But um Would he go back there? Allardyce for five million? You're joking me. Don't even ask the question, me. Um, I think on Eddie Howe as well, Gav. I was listening to something earlier. Apparently, he's lined up for the Palace job at the end of the season. Right. Okay. Which, which is yeah. interesting because when he did his, uh, he did Monday Night Football with Carragher and said, like, so when are you getting back into football, you must have the bug. And he was very, like, blase going, I don't know when I'll get back into it. I, I quite mm. like not doing it. Um, if something comes up, I, I may go for it. But at the moment, I'm, he, he was almost like, that's me done. I've done me Bournemouth thing. I'm quite content now. Um, probably not. So, which, yeah. if I was a chairman thinking, it's not really what I want to hear. If I think mm, he's the manager, no. he's, he's already a bit like talking like he's in semi-retirement. He almost like, Oi. a bit like, yeah. a, a bit like Kirbishly. Already could, like could have a lined up and he's just not saying that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He's already he's already basically lined up, say, the Palace job, and he's mm-hmm. you know, being, being a bit blasé. Also, the fact that he's turned up on Monday Night Football, that always rings the bell of, I've yeah. either got something lined up or I'm ready to I'm looking. In. Yeah, a bit yeah. like Pochettino at the time when he wanted the United yeah. job. Um, yeah, which is fair enough. I'm being a bit harsh on Eddie Howe. Like he did go to Burnley and it just went badly, badly wrong and he ended up at Bournemouth. I think he'd done a great job at Bournemouth, but I think he got away with too much for too long then towards the end, in my opinion. I but I think he stayed, like, he stayed too long, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And but again, could it be something where he goes to Newcastle? It's a bit of a no lose for a young manager, I think. It, it just it gets a bit stale for an older manager that's just been around too long. I just think that's that's the way it is. Well, that, go, I don't think anyone would go want to go work under Ashley though. Especially I don't know, maybe Eddie Howe won't want to go under Ashley. Yeah. Like that. I, I, that's that's probably the that's probably the stick of mine for a lot of them. Um Joe, give us a prediction. Um, 2-11 Okay, Pete, are you sticking with 3 now? Sticking with 3 Okay, Chris? Uh, if Pickford's playing, I'll say 3-1 Yeah, I'm the exact same um, I had 3-1 as well um, In our predictions uh, for our syndicate we have got 2-1 to Everton, a 1-all draw and 2-1 to Newcastle um, because uh, it's mostly Liverpool fans that I ask these questions too, so that's why you get that sort of stuff <laughs> but you never ever know, do you? Um, but that is that is game one in our, um, in our prediction uh, syndicate which of course is on Colossus Bets and you can see it on the screen ColossusBets.com, go in there, LFCDT is your referral code and get in and get involved in our syndicate, start your own syndicates just Put a bit of money on whatever you want. There's loads of stuff in there. Gamble responsibly, though. Always gamble responsibly. Um, it's a bit of fun. If it's if it's not fun, stop. I know that sounds like a cliche, but that that's that's the truth. Um, couple of quick predictions, lads. Um, Pete, I'll come to you first. Uh, West Brom v Fulham. 
Um, I can see an away win, and oh, I was talking about the sack race earlier. I can see Allardyce going. I can. It's just gone horribly wrong since he was there. I know he had that one win, but I can see them looking at this, going, "We've we've we've rolled the dice, and unfortunately, it's just not worked. Why not try and roll again?" I think I think Fulham will win this. I'm going to go for an away win, a one nil. Okay, I'd love Fulham to win it. Um, I'd love Fulham to win it. I'm going to go with a two-one Fulham win, Chris. That's what I had two on Fulham win. Uh, I agree with Pete. I think if it gets to the point where they might get relegated, self-preservation Allardyce will, will make sure he's sacked so he can still have this aura of, I've never been relegated. Has he signed anybody in the window? No. Because so that, that, that fuels that Snodgrass, theory that he could just... Snodgrass. I think he wants um, Ben Teke. He's trying to get Ben Teke from Palace as well. Oh, um, Snodgrass. And the Snodgrass one's been investigated, isn't it? Yeah, it's dodgy. Because yeah. he, he signed on a permanent, I think. So West but Brom. But there was a deal done for him not to play yeah. against West, yeah. West Ham. Yeah. Which happened a few years ago with, uh, I think Everton had that deal with Howard, where he didn't play against United, even though technically he was on permanent. They'd just done a gentleman's agreement, which probably you're not allowed to do. Yeah, And, and also with West Brom as well, if they get into a position where they are basically down or it's really looking that way, you're not, if you're West Brom, are going to rely on Saladice to be there next season to take you back up. And also, that would be a very good job for a young manager. Instead of going mm-hmm. somewhere like Newcastle, you go to West Brom, probably in the knowledge that there is a 90% chance you are going down, but gives you time then to sort the team out, sort the squad out with a look to get him promoted with what ultimately would be a decent squad in the championship um, mm-hmm. with a little bit of money to spend. So that wouldn't be the worst job, even if it looks nails for relegation. Mm. Um, Joe, did you give me a prediction? Uh, for the Everton? West Brown Fulham. West Brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, Fulham. Fulham, 1 0. 1 0 Fulham. Okay. Joe is yeah. not handing out goals easy this week, lads. Um, I don't know what we'll have to do. We might have to. I don't know. What, what do we need to give you, Joe, for you to say more than the number one this week? A Leeds win. Wait for, wait for the Leeds game. All right. 4 2 Leicester. <laughs> no, no. 4 1 Leeds. <laughs> okay. 7 um, 4. Let's uh, let's yeah. move on. Brighton v Spurs, and you know, curious one this for me. Um, I, I never know what side Brighton, what Brighton are going to turn up. I, I I think they're the hardest team in the league to predict because you just have a look at them and you think mm, they might have a chance, then they just lose, um, and then you think they've no chance and they come away with a win, you know, and 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 they've had some really good performances. Um, but Chris, I come to you. Spurs need to bounce back here. Um, and sorry, before I go on, someone said. Um, Gav Slayton, every manager in the league. Brought, uh, this this show was brought to you by Gav, who's Slayton, every manager in the league. Um, look, that's just my honest opinion. Um, I do rate a few of them. Um, I really do. And a free world wants Gav's thoughts on Scott Parker. Um, I love I love the videos they do of him. Where he's is it the streets that they keep doing yeah. the, the the overlays of? I love that. So yeah, I'm all for him. Keep him there. Um, if that's the sort of entertainment we're getting. But um, yeah, Chris, I come to you first. Spurs need to bounce back here, don't they? Because I think they looked, uh, I think they looked horribly exposed against Liverpool the other night. You wouldn't say it's very often with Mourinho, but tactically, I didn't get it. You know, Liverpool are going to play with at least one midfielder at, at centre half. I mean, it ended up being the one that doesn't play centre half very often, and he goes five at the back, two in, and two in the middle. When you know Liverpool always play a three, so the two lads he's got in the middle, Hoiberg and. Uh, M. Dombelli are fantastic players, but three versus two, they, they don't win those games very often. Uh, and 
what surprised me was uh, I think a couple of a couple of years ago when Kane got injured, they actually coped quite well without him, as in played quite nice football and had a few more of their um the likes of more and that it was just difficult to pick up. But they just look so clueless. I've never seen Son so isolated ever for Spurs. And there does seem a bit of rumbles of discontent at the moment. You know, Aurier storming off at half time, which is just mad. You know, and that's not even Twitter rumors, that's you know, quite a few journalists are reporting this now, but Aurier's had a bit of a falling out with him. You know, and in fairness, he's been his main right back because uh, Doherty's had a horrendous time there. Uh, this might actually be one of the few games where Bright- I- I'd fancy Brighton to get a point out of this because I just think if they get- if they score first, I think Spurs are going to panic a bit. Mm. Um, the-, the lads, the lads done a brilliant um, match reaction show last night on Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool beating Spurs, and to be honest with you. It was pre-organised from early on in the week that I wouldn't be on it, but I, I was watching it as it went on, and I was gagging to get on it because I could not, I could not believe what I was watching from sports. I genuinely couldn't because you know Liverpool are going in, they're in, they're in a bad run of form. Um, I think they were much improved against United despite getting beaten in the FA Cup. They were okay against United in the league, of course they lose to Burnley, but it just hasn't been happening for Liverpool. Um, Mourinho's in there. You know, you're looking at, you're probably looking at Henderson and Fabinho, then Fabinho goes out. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of like, what's going on? Matip comes in, Matip disappears after 45 minutes. You have Kane, you have Son, you have Bearwine, you have, you, you've really good players. End on Belly has been talked up to the, to, to the nines. And I just could not believe what I was seeing because literally they were getting, ran overran in midfield they couldn't get near our midfielders our midfielders literally camped on 40 yards 30 yards from their goal and just played it amongst themselves you know our fullbacks were getting so much room Mane was 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 running at them from all angles Firmino was dropping off getting them look they're all fantastic footballers and they can do this to anybody but the ease in which Firmino was dropping off linking with Trent linking with Robbo linking with uh, everyone Thiago pulling strings Salah looking to get in behind and they sports just stood there and the lineup they sent sent out was unbelievable and then they bring on Gareth Bale who has no interest in playing football anymore and I don't care what anybody says he came on that pitch and he stood out in the right wing and just stood there and I was like this is absolutely mental from sports I think Mourinho I don't know whether he tried to be too cute in what he was doing or he wasn't brave enough to go and, and actually go at Liverpool. They have a goal disallowed after a couple of minutes, but they could have been one down at that stage. Um, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing from Spurs. And I think when it comes down to it, you know, Liverpool showed their level last night and still had a good few missing. And Spurs were shown their level. I think when when all is said and done, so it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strange one. Um, Joe Brighton. Um, they they won a Leeds a couple of games ago, didn't they? And you know they, they seem to be extremely happy with that. They draw with Fulham during the week, but can they cause this Spurs team problems? I, I think they can, especially where Aldo, if Aldo Voral doesn't start. Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Um, it's me with Phoebe. Um I'm not so sure personally. Um, I don't really rate Brighton all that much. There's a lot made of Graham Potter and this great tactician and great manager that he is, but uh, um, they're in trouble as well for me personally. They did celebrate that win against Leeds, you could tell. They really needed that to run a bit of a barren run and then draw them a full. I just think Spurs will have too much for them. Although things aren't rosy at Spurs, obviously. This story's coming out that Lloris and Aurier had a fight at half-time. 
It's been seen on Twitter. Apparently, Joe Rodan had a go at them as well in the in the dressing room. This is a kid that's just come from Swansea, you know, and apparently he's seen bits and stuff. Obviously, Kane's out. Mourinho back to blaming everyone, you know. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but I just think they'll have too much for Brighton. I think um, Brighton struggle to score goals, really, don't they? I think that's their issues. Um, yeah, um, I, I can't see them beating Tottenham personally, no. Okay. Um, P, do Brighton have a chance here or do, do Spores, without, it looks like without Harry Kane, do Spores go with Mora and, and, and put Son through the middle and, and have too much for Brighton? It's such a strange game, this. It, before the game previously against Liverpool, uh, with a, a fully fit first-team Spurs, I think uh, you would be very confident about an away win. With the injury to Kane, with all the problems after the game mentioned about the goalkeeper and Aurier who stormed out of the ground, apparently, and just the problems, I think with Tottenham, you just rip up the plan that you had before that game against Liverpool and you just have to look at him and go, you've got to fancy Brighton here because it's just a right mess at Spurs. Liverpool just walking through them at times in that second half. If Brighton have a chance, then they need to take chances. As mentioned, they they don't score enough. They have the players, they play good football. We all know about Brighton. And if they do take their chances and they rattle Spurs, then they're there for the taking. Ultimately, I think Tottenham still might just have enough and if they do win this game, I think it's still going to be tight. I think it could be going either way late on, but I think Spurs might just tip over. I agree with the comment regarding Bale. He just wants to be on a golf course. He doesn't oh, was, want to be on the field. Ri- it was ridiculous watching him. It's, he's, he's gone at the game, and uh, and I, I don't think he'll sign. I don't know whether he's contracted at the end of the season, whether it's just a short-term deal, and then see what happens, whether he goes off to play elsewhere, goes to America, goes wherever. But uh, as a Premier League player, it's just not there. So, with Tottenham, I think it's down to the main man, Son. Um, I think he's going to be played further forward. And it's it's just a, a very, very interesting game now. It was a game that, before the Liverpool match, I looked at and just kind of put down as, a, as an easy Spurs win. And, and Spurs by a distance as well. But without Kane, what a miss that is. I think this game is going to go either Brighton or... To, or to uh, Tottenham late on it's going to be I think a draw late on and I think Spurs are just going to grab it just that bit of quality is going to tell and uh, I'm going to go for a, a Tottenham 2-1 win but uh, I think I think ultimately we'll be looking back in this game and going same old Brighton they just can't take their chances but um, if you're ever going to play Spurs now is the time I just think it needs to be a better side than Brighton unfortunately yeah, um, a couple of people saying there's, fo- there's feedback coming. Um, I know that all the lads have moved their phones away from, from their microphones and stuff, so hopefully that clears up. Um, it, it does happen sometimes, and sometimes it's uncontrollable. It just it, it gets in and it just won't go away. Um, and loads of people asking whose phone is it. it, it loads of people blaming you, Joe. Um, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. It yeah. Sorry, it is me, I apologise. Yeah, um, but he's moved his phone. He's thrown his phone uh, across yeah, the other side yeah. of the room. It's okay. Um, but... Like, I think you're right, Pete. I think if there's a time to play sports, it's now. Because, like, I look at Liverpool and they've had a bad run, but I've always been confident that they're very good at bouncing back. Now, it's taken a month um, because of everything that's gone on, but they're all, Liverpool are always good at bouncing back. And I know for a fact sports were walking into that game last night thinking, we have Liverpool, we're better than Liverpool, we're this, that, and the other. And Liverpool come out and just mauled them. 
Um, and there's no other word for it. Like, it, it could have been five or six. Um, it really, really could because Liverpool just looked so potent in attack and they were, they looked like they had so much space. They were picking them apart and it, it looked to me like a sports side that were put together last minute to try to do this job and, and it just didn't work. Um, but go on. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The, the problem is with this game is that they're playing Brighton. If they were playing anyone else, if they were playing City, if they were playing most teams <laughs> in the Premier League, if, even if they were playing a side, let's just say like Newcastle, prime, prime Newcastle, when we mentioned some of their players, Wilson up top and one or two players getting back, I'd be more hopeful of a Newcastle side uh, getting a result against Tottenham than I am against than I am with Brighton. I like Brighton. We know they play good football, etc. They're just so toothless. They don't take their chances. They really don't score enough goals to to really take it to a team like Tottenham. And I think ultimately Tottenham will be in the game late on. And, and again, just that bit of quality takes a second for Son really. And uh, it, it is an issue though because you you look at the manager and you just feel which way is this going to go with Tottenham? Is this the start? of an absolutely massive implosion. If so, it will be hilarious, let's put it that way. But is it just a one-game disaster? A player who's who's obviously just had a pad at half time and gone off and by himself. The goalkeeper's made a right ricket. Their star centre-forwards almost broke both ankles and is out for a month or so. Is it just basically everything happened in that one game against, as we know, the league champions? We'll find out against Brighton. I just think that... Overall, Brighton are one of the, the best teams that you can play if there is an issue. We know they have some good players, Tottenham. I think Andumbele's had a great season. And it's just that quality. I think even just that one player, that midfield for a start, um, him alongside Hoiberg, I just think that they will dominate this game or dominate in patches, which will be enough for Tottenham to get through. It's just if they were playing anyone else in this league, I would fancy that team, but not Brighton. Okay, um, bit of advice there for Joe. We are big. Um, we love cling film on this show, as you will know from last week. Um, a lot of people <laughs> mightn't get that reference, but um, cling film is a massive hit on on the LFC day trippers. Um, but he's, Mohammed says, "Did you know, Joe? If you stick your phone on some foil, you won't get any feedback." I'm going to try that one night. I'm going to put some tin foil down here, um, for the crack one night. But um, let's get predictions. Um, Chris, uh, <laughs> crack one night. I just see what you did. I don't know if you meant to do that, but I see what you did. No, sorry, I shouldn't have gone. What did I do? When you said I'll put down some tin for the crack. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Um, Jesus, no, Jesus, no. Um, don't do drugs, kids. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Chris, um, give me a prediction so we can get away from this. Joe trying to paint me as something or not. Quick, Joe trying to shut you down here. Yeah, uh, absolutely. One, one. Yeah. One, one. Okay. Um, Joe, prediction. Two, two nil Spurs. Two nil Spurs. P. I hate to say it, but I think 2-1 Spurs. It could go either way, though, but I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a... I'm going to go 2-2 draw. Why not? Why not? Kieran B, B is now calling me Gav Breaking Bad. Give it over, will you? Please stop. Um, and Freeboard says Gav only does cans. Not, I'm not even on the cans. I'm cutting weight, so um, I'm, I'm not allowed on them. Um, so Bre- there you go. Not, yeah, not exactly. Not doing the cans of Tommy... Not doing the cans and Tommy Tuchel's here. I mean, that's no, that's, a hard no, week, that. that's that is absolute dedication that you're seeing from me now. Um, and Ooh. you see, I'm so stubborn that I won't, I won't give this up until I get where I need to be. Um, yay for me. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get two quick predictions here. I was gonna go into Arsenal v United, but we've talked Arsenal, we've talked United to death, so I want two quick predictions here, right? Um, P. Force one, Southampton v Villa. Southampton. 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 Southampton.
Uh, I think it's going to go... I want to go for Aston Villa. Um, Southampton are a good side, but I think that it's just starting to catch them up. They look tired against Arsenal. Mm -hmm. I think Villa... um, And I think there's going to be goals. I think Villa lost 3-2 to Burnley. I think they're going to win 3-2 here. Plenty of goals. 3-2 Villa. Okay, Joe? 2-1 Villa. I fancy Villa as well. Okay, Chris? 2-2. Yeah, I fancy a high score on here. I, I had three two in my head either way, and I'm I'm gonna give it to Southampton. I think a second three two defeat on the bounce for Villa. Um I fancy I fancy if Ings plays, I fancy him against that Villa defence. He seems to do well against them. Just to let you know, in our syndicate we have got two nil to sports and two one to sports in our syndicate this week. On Southampton v Villa, we've a two nil home win and a one one draw in our syndicate for this week as well. Okay. Um Next quick prediction: um, Arsenal v United. So um, a lot of people thought while we're on Arsenal, a lot of people are in the, in the chat here saying, um, and Red Sox fan says, uh, breaking news for Liverpool seriously linked with Mustafi. It's everywhere now. Oh no, I I echo those sentiments one hundred percent because like I'm having arguments with Andy Young all day about this, and he's like, ah, oh, but like if we get someone in that crap, like what's the point? And I'm like, no, no, no. Liverpool need a centre back, and he should be able to just go and get us the centre one of the centre backs that he actually want. This Mustafi stuff and all is madness. Um. Madness, Mustafi playing a centre half for Liverpool. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> <coughs> but Arsenal um, v United. Arsenal on a bit. Arsenal on a bit of a roll. United, of course, um, undone by Sheffield United during the week, and will look to bounce back. But Joe, give us a quick prediction on this one. Two one Arsenal. Yeah, you're never back in United, aren't you? Know? No, never. not a chance. Um, Zeb Malik has two 0 Sports Genius has one 0 to Arsenal. Um, Chris. Uh, I've got the same two on back-to-back defeats for United, I think. Okay. Um, P? Um, I think it's, it's very difficult to call this game. I've, I've got it down as a 1-1 draw. Um, Ollie's got that unfortunate habit of kind of turning it around after a really bad defeat or a bad run of games. He, he, he does have a, a kind of a bounce-back factor to him, but uh, I just think Arsenal, who are playing well, what, five wins in, in the last six. I think a draw. I'm going to go 1-1. Okay, Dan Jay agrees with you 1-1. Kevin Sullivan has 2-1 to Arsenal. I think United win this. Um, I think they're two sides that Arsenal were desperate in the, in the in the first 10, 12 games of the season. They've picked it up a little bit. It fell into his lap a little bit for me. Um, I don't think he's made massive, massive changes. I think he's been forced into it with injuries and, and you know, um, the likes of Smith-Rowe coming in and stuff like that. United... Um, I think they see Arsenal down to the ground. Arsenal want to come out and play football and be a bit expansive. And you know, people say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee, get any size for a dollar sixty nine, or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. I love that. And they'll they look to absolutely batter Arsenal on the break. I'm going to go for 2-1 to United. Um, but um, an ar- armchair says uh, 2-1 to Arsenal. Super Tiger says it screams of a 0-0. Uh, Red Steve says Gav is on the cans. I'm not on the cans. There's no cans in this household. And um, they've been banned. They've been absolutely banned. The rest of the lads are. And uh, that's absolutely fine. But um, my body is now a temple, um, Steve. So uh, that's how it works. Um, right. Let's get down to the business. So, Lesser Vileads. 
Um, Leicester flying high in the Premier League. Um, probably a little bit disappointed to go away and draw to Everton. It could have been a, re- a big, big step for them um, to put pressure on those around them because of the way the results went during the week. Leeds... Leeds are Leeds. Um, everyone loves them. Um, they'll win one week, they'll lose the next, but you'll always be entertained. Uh, Chris, I'm going to come to you first and leave the other two lads to have a little think about this, but I think this... Uh, I think Leicester win 4-1 or Ellen Road early in the season, if I yeah. remember rightly. But yeah. I think Leeds had chances. Leicester were just clinical. I think I think this would be a much closer game because Leicester are at home, and, but I also think it's going to be a cracker. Do you agree? Yeah, it should be a you would think it'd be an entertaining game. I think the loss of Vardy for Leicester's a, the big one. I think that's probably what they missed against Everton. I think if you had a Vardy against Everton, I think you probably would have come away with the three points, which is always going to be the problem at some point for Leicester is how do you replace him? Because he's, you know, there aren't many people, there aren't many players like him around. Uh, so I'm expecting, I think it'd be a draw, high school draw. I mean, first to Leicester, their home form was shocking, but in first I've looked recently, I think that was the fifth now in the form table for home form. So, the, you know, They've, they've definitely improved at home, but I've got a feeling for a high-scoring draw. Okay. Um, Joe, we'll come to you first. Um, Stephen Duffy is, is on Joe's bandwagon here. He says 3-2 to lead. Zed Malik has 2-2. You know, Vardy being out is a big thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, because he's such a threat. And when he gets a chance, he usually puts away. Like, he's, he's phenomenal, let's be honest about it. He's phenomenal at what he does, Jamie Vardy. But, but what... what, what it, I always ask you this, Joe, what way do Leeds approach this? But they're just going to do what Leeds do, aren't they? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I am interested, though, Galvin, and I've been saying it all week, I am interested to see if Bielsa does tweak anything knowing what happened last time. You know, mm-hmm. we were soundly beaten. Now, although, look, goals change games. Bamford had a sitter prior to Barnes scoring within the first couple of minutes. Pablo hit the crossbar when it was 2-1. Goals changed games. Listen, I'm not saying Leicester didn't deserve it because they did and they're a great side and I love the fact they're up there and I want them to break into that top four um, on a regular basis. It's nice to see you know someone other than the normal clubs up there doing it and uh, they're going about it the right way. Obviously, I want to win this weekend. We need to start getting some positive results against the better sides in the division. Um, I think it helps, like you said, that Leicester are at home. Um, the yep. impetus is on them a little bit. Um, last time out, we didn't have Calvin, we didn't have Rodrigo, and we didn't have Rafinha. So there's three individuals that massively, massively increase our our performances. You know, we've seen what Rafinha is doing. The fact that we got this guy um, for 17 million is is an absolute steal. One of the buys at the window for me has been exceptional. But Leicester were without players as well. They were without mm. Castagna, Soyuncu, you know, Madison was just coming back. I mean, he came on in that I think, I think indeed he might have been missing at that stage, was he? Yeah, I think he's missing. Um, I think he might have pulled his hammy as well against Everton, so he might be missing for this one. So that's a, a yeah. big shout. The main worry for me, though, is, is the midfield. Our midfield's been pretty non-existent the last few games, if I'm being totally honest. You can drive a bus through it. Um, the fact that they've got Tielemans, um, they'll have Mendy in there if indeed he doesn't play, and obviously Madison. And Madison's flying at the moment. I love James Madison. He should be in that same conversation the way the media forms after Jack Grealish. I think he's better. It's just my personal opinion. Um, look, it's, it's a free hit, this for Leeds United. Um, as, as much as it pains me to say it, but that's where we're at now. You know, um, It's a bit of a free hit. If we can come away with anything... Then I'm buzzing. Um, it's one of them where I'm like, I'm okay because 
we're okay in the division. I know we're only halfway through, but we're going to stay up. We're all right. There's a lot worse teams than us. I don't think we'll, you know, a couple more wins and we're already up. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense, because I don't think the points tally you'll need is it's going to be anywhere near what you normally would this season. So it's these sort of games where I think, Ah, it is what it is. We've got Everton up next. If we can get three points out of them two games, then I'm happy. So, you know, I will always back Leeds and I'm, I'm going to go for 2-1. But look, it could be, be as long as we don't concede early and we can keep it tight-ish, then we'll be all right. But but it's if Leicester score early, then we could be on the another end of a spanking. Mm. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I, I, kind of, I kind of look at this one a bit like when you went away to United. You were yeah. so open at the very beginning. You know, instead of just sitting there and saying, well, let's see what you've got, because Leeds are very good in the break. They kind of went out at United and left gaps and, and United's yeah. quality, which they do have up front. There's no denying that. Um, Hortum, I think McTominay gets two in the first five minutes or something. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I just, I'd love to see Leeds go out against these bigger sides and just sit, for just not for the whole game, yeah. sit for 10 minutes and then just hit them on the break once. Don't You don't have to score, but hit them on the break and show a threat and then they go, oh, and then you have to stand off you a little bit, and then you can Ooh. try to bring your game into it. That's just the way I look at Leeds, but don't get me wrong. Like, brilliant entertainment when you stick them on. Like, it means nothing to me, you know what I mean? I know I can have a laugh with you regardless, so um, it's it's one of those, you know? Uh, you're going for 2-1 to Leeds. Uh, Chris has a high score and draw. Um, P, confident going into this one? Back 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 to winning ways, or are, are you worried, wary of, of, of Leeds? Oh, oh, you've got to be wary of Leeds. Uh, what a very, what an entertaining side! What thirty-six goals in the last ten, five wins, five defeats. You look at you look at them from a completely neutral point of view, and you go like, "What a team that you want to watch on TV. You want to see them games because you know they're going to concede. You know they're going to score, play good football. What is there not to like?" Um, I, I think they certainly have a better chance in this game than maybe the league position kind of looks uh, from, a, say, an outsider's point of view, from a supporter maybe of another club. Because of the way that they play, they're going to be dangerous. And I always, I still think Leicester um, have, especially at home, they have a, a, an ability to concede goals um, in, in very strange circumstances and also from set plays and also because of the way that they're playing with so much confidence, they slightly are open at the back through no fault of their defence, but I think they are a team that you can actually get at in decent positions. And Leeds are one side, compared to what we were mentioning about Brighton, they can score goals and they do score goals. So I think there will be, I think Leeds will score, I think they will, Um, but Leicester are playing so well, they really are. A huge miss will be Wilfred and Didi, he's as you mentioned, he's uh, tweaked his hamstring, so he's only going to be out for, um, Roger said today, for between seven and ten days, which is excellent news. He's a, a tremendous midfielder, but the one thing he does do, he patrols um, our penalty area on set plays. We concede an awful lot of goals from set plays. We're not the biggest side in the world. You look at Fafana and Evans at the back, and apart from those two, when indeed he's missing, his replacement is Papi Mendy, who's about five foot nothing. Uh, they are quite a small side, so look for the set plays. Um, that's going to be one avenue every side will look at against Leicester. Um, but they are playing well. The likes of Barnes, Madison has grown up so much this season. These are players now who are 23, 24 years old. So with games under their belt in the Premier League, they're now starting to turn it on and starting to play as a side established in the top six and looking to keeping the top four, the way that they played against Everton, I know it ended up being a 1-1 draw, but the way that they kept the ball, they moved the ball quickly. Yuri Tillemans this season has been absolutely sensational. 
but the miss of Jamie Vardy is going to be very important. Iosi Perez has been playing in the number nine position, very similar to uh, how, say, Firmino will play for Liverpool. He will drop deep slightly. He's not an out-and-out number nine. But at Leicester, we have the wide players rushing on, the likes of Madison and Bond. So it does kind of work. The problem is he's not a natural goal scorer. He's not Jamie Vardy. There isn't anyone apart from Vardy. He's, by the way, back in training next week. So it's not a, a long-term problem because they, they've done it now. So he can back for Europe. Um, I've got to be confident about the Leicester win. Um, it's going to be a big problem with Wilfred and Didi. I can just see goals here. Goals galore. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a four. And I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester concede at least a couple of goals. The one thing with City, we are an excellent front-running side. So if we do score early, then I really will be confident about them going on and really putting the game to bed early. But I'm also still wary of an excellent lead side. And even if Leicester are, say, two or three up, I still think Leeds can get back into that game because they're just the side who can turn it on in a five-minute spell, score a couple of goals. Excellent team. Um, but I'm going to be confident about a Leicester win. I'm going to go 4-2 uh, Leicester home win to continue the good form. The home form was a problem, uh, but since the defeat to Fulham, who played really well, they've been very good. Recent 2-0 wins against Southampton and Chelsea, ultimately costing Frank his job. But uh, overall, Leicester, they're in red-hot form. And I'm going to go also for Iosi Perez to uh, to take a few chances. He he played well against Everton, but I mentioned the book. He never really had any goal-scoring opportunities. Um, through no fault of his own, it just didn't land his way. Um, but I think it might do this time. Okay. 4-2, P has. Um, I can't tell you, we've gone on air syndicate with 3-1 to Leicester, 2-1 to Leeds, or a 2-0 win for Leicester. Um, so it could go, it could go either way, it really could. Um, we need viewers help before, um, we finish. And we're going to talk about West Ham and Liverpool now and get, um, for about five, ten minutes. But we need viewers help. So if you want, it's, it's Arsenal against Manchester United is the game this weekend that we're going to try predict on. If you want to be involved, just type yes into the, um, just type yes into the chat and I'll keep an eye on the people that say yes and I'll try pick out I'll have to pick out eight of you um, <clears throat> before the end of the show so throw a yes in there if you want to be included and I'll try remember the names and throw them out there um, if you're going to disappear off the stream don't say yes because then I'll be asking for an answer and there'll be nobody there so um, if you're staying till the end just hit yes and I'll try to get people involved and of course when um, I get the predictions off all these people. You can remember who's given each individual prediction. It will go on to a syndicate um, tonight. Um, it, and it's about Arsenal United who play tomorrow at half five. So get on to colossusbets.com and get into that syndicate. Um, we're all air predictions that you, you lads are going to give and, and ladies. And, um, let's see how we get on. But look, the last game we're going to go to is, um, West Ham v Liverpool. And Joe, you know, I'm praying to fucking God you tell me Liverpool are going to lose this weekend because we know what happens when you do. But, you know, listen, me and you have been on this show for the last month and we've been saying, like, Liverpool this, Liverpool that. You know, I've been a bit harsh on players because I don't... I. Despite injury injury problems, I don't think enough players stood up. I think you've seen a slightly different Liverpool on, on Sunday against um, United in the Cup and you most definitely seen one last night where they didn't let the problems they have affected. They went out and played their game and they were so much more incisive than what they were doing. If they continue that on, do you expect them to beat West Ham on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'd be wary of West Ham. I'd be mm-hmm. definitely wary of them. They've had a they've had a fantastic season thus far, haven't they? Obviously in fifth, um, they've got a good record in terms of conceded. I think they've only conceded two in seven 
Um, they, I mean, they're buzzing. We we speak to a West Ham fan on our channel. Absolutely buzzing what Moyes has done. To be fair, um, they've just signed Lingard as well, haven't they? I mean, I think he's pants personally, but um, just signed Lingard, so they must have made Ben Rama or one of them permanent in order for him to do that. But they're going, they're going, they're going well. West Ham, to be fair, with David Moyes, um, so I'd be wary. He'd be tight. Um, do I think you win the game? Yes. Um, do I give West Ham hope though? Yes. You know, I don't, I don't sit here and think you'll, you'll hammer them. Um, because you never know what you're going to quite get with Liverpool at the minute, which seems strange. Because when when they were called upon earlier on in the season, obviously when they went up against Leicester, for example, and they absolutely just spanked them. But um, yeah, listen, I think it could be tight. Um, obviously, going their their place as well, and and they are doing so good defensively. Um, I guess you'd you'd have to watch yourself from um, set pieces as well with the likes of Suchek. Um He just seems to be able to head any sort of ball into the back of the net. He got two the other night as well, didn't he? He's a decent player, decent player. Um, yeah, so I'd be wary of them, mate, but I do think it'll be tight and I do see you getting over the line, but a draw wouldn't surprise me if I'm being totally honest. But I will say 2-1 Liverpool win. Fuck. I thought you were going to say 2-1 West Ham there and I would have been <laughs> delighted. Um, P. Oh. There's loads of talk around Liverpool and what they're going to do with centre-backs and, and what are they going to do between now and 11pm on Monday. And, you know, I think it's imperative that they get one in. Um, I'm not going down the line of Mustafi or, or you know, I've seen... Why don't they um, sign Ben White, Gav? Why don't they sign Ben White? Well, the thing is... The, the, Brighton won't sell him. Yeah, not only that, not only that, but you see, the argument about all this, before I get to Pete, the argument about all this centre-half stuff is, right, is that... Liverpool went into the season with four centre-backs. Three of them are centre-backs. One of them was Fabinho, who would be used as a fourth choice. Right? It's very rare you'll see two of your centre-halves going missing for the whole season due to injuries. It's rare. Okay? Um, Matip, he plays, he doesn't. He plays, given the rest. He, he's rested against United to, to play against Spurs. He lasts 45 minutes. He could have in, ankle ligament damage that could keep him out for weeks, if not months. We don't know. We're waiting on a scan, apparently, right? You've seen Henderson back there. You've seen Fabinho back there. Nat Phillips. Nat Phillips was at Stuttgart's second team last season. Um, and they were trying to get rid of him. They couldn't. Um, Reese Williams was at Kidderminster last year on loan. He's brought in. This is literally just last-ditch stuff, you know. I thought he'd do a centre-half early in the window, but Klopp's comments have been that he's he is looking, he has made recommendations, he doesn't make final decisions on money, which is fair enough, he's not he's not finance director at Liverpool. But my 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 opinion on it is, like Sven Botman is 25 million quid. The, the talk is 8 million up front, 17 million over four years. And my, my argument is, I don't want to talk about Mustafi or, or um, Martin Kelly or, or, or Crystal Palace name has come up because he's English and he's homegrown at Liverpool so we wouldn't affect the squad. I don't want to get into that conversation. That That's madness. Now, people have said, oh, yeah, but Liverpool fans are saying anything is better than Phillips and and Reese williams and that's not a slight on them. This is two young players that I don't know if they'll have a Premier League career, but my opinion is, under no circumstances, right, We've raved about Liverpool's on-field exploits, the, the money they got out of Champions League finals, Champions League victories, you know, World Club Cup stuff, um, winning the league, um, Nike deals, you know, the, the behind the scenes, they're amazing in, in, in marketing the club and, and bringing money in, where they stood still for 20 years, in my opinion on that, but they, they're absolutely exceptional at it now. They've, they've put a squad together for decent money, 
decent. It's top money, but it's decent compared to some other clubs. And they've worked on a on a system the way between the manager and the owners. That's absolutely fine. But for me, there is no excuse why Liverpool Football Club, market that's out there was worth $2 billion or £1.5 billion, cannot finance a deal for 25 million quid over the next four years. That is not a fucking chance, all right? Not a chance that Liverpool Football Club cannot put a deal together. And don't get me wrong, it could be COVID, it could be we play players' bonuses, we played them very well. But there's no way, in my opinion, that Liverpool Football Club cannot step away from their system. Uh, when we literally know centre-halves and say, right, lads, listen, this is out of our realm, this is out of our comfort zone, but we're going to have to do it to A, protect the value of the club, and B, protect the season. Because if you if this goes badly and they don't sign a centre-half, or they sign one that's Mustafi, right, and they end up out of the Champions League, all the all the good work is undone. You're going back. You're, you're taking. You've taken strides forward, and that's strides back. Trust me. Europa League, Tours United football for Liverpool is strides back to what they've been used to since Klopp arrived. So, I don't think there's any reason why Liverpool can't finance a deal like that. They've left it very very late, and they've weakened the hand in doing that. But we have to wait and see. We we genuinely have to wait and see. But I I'm I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that that we're getting down to it's Friday and this this window's closed on Monday and we're talking about the likes of Martin Kelly, Mustafi, you know, some American fella that I've never heard of. Um, that's that's just fucking madness. And people will say availability, availability, availability. Twenty five million gets you Sven Botman. It, it gets you Sven Botman. That, that's simple. Lille need the money. Liverpool. Do they have the money? I don't know. How many clubs have actual money sitting around? It's all assets, isn't it? It's all, it's all projections. But under no circumstances should a £1.5 billion enterprise not be able to put up 1% of that enterprise in order to get a player. Not, I think it's 1% if you, if you look it up. Would it be? It probably would, right? Um, it's just, it's absolute madness from, from me. And I think a lot will, a lot will happen. Um, come Monday, it, you'll know an awful lot about it. And anything they say about the summer, take her take her a bag of salt because you can't tell me that stuff will get different in the summer if this is the way we're carrying on over a player that's needed right now. Don't look. I don't care about the summer. I don't care it's, about the fucking it, summer. It's not even a case of 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 one player from from an outsider's point of view. If Matip's not there. Then it's got to be at least two, surely, for for a club like Liverpool with the games that they've got coming up in the competitions. I completely agree with you on the point of the two young lads because of the the standard that they were playing at. You, know, you come from St Kidderminster straight to the Premier League. You look at I look at what Leicester have done in the past, and and we've from a completely different point of view I and mean, position in the league. But we've signed players in that position. Uh, on loan at this time to the end of the season. Uh, we signed Robert Huth, for example, and it worked out unbelievably well, kept us up, and then obviously won the league the year after. There are experienced players out there who can help, but I would look from an outsider's point of view at Liverpool and go, you need more than one. You need maybe a loan signing to tide you over to the end of the season, but surely that would be alongside a signing of a of a quality of player who you mentioned, but uh, I can't understand why it's not been done. But surely the Matip injury now just means it's inevitable. But you see, the, but you see, the thing is, uh, the Matip take does make it inevitable. And, and people have said to me, and get anybody in, I, I get that. Like, it needs to be a level. Obviously, there needs to be. A level it need, it needs to be a level. But, but like, uh, you know, no, no offense to Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, 
you know, they didn't, they, they've no, they've little or no experience. The only experience they have is because Liverpool are missing all their centre backs. Matip is just not reliable enough. I agree with you. Two was probably needed, and two are probably needed to a get Fabinho out of that whole thing and bring in a centre back. And the second one is to bring somebody in that actually plays football more than Matip does. I think he plays about thirty percent of games a season for Liverpool. Like that's that sounds to me like a fella that's thirty three, thirty four, and just is hanging about. And you give him, a, you give him, you know, ten games a season. This is meant to be a centre-back that has his eye on being Virgil van Dijk's partner. And don't get me wrong, Mustafi is a better defender than Nat Phillips and Reese williams I 100% get that. But is Mustafi going to come in and get you what you need to get by the end of the season? Which is A, top four, or a a title challenge is what you should be going for. And a, and a really good run in the Champions League. I don't believe he is. And I believe there's players out there. Like I did say availability a couple of weeks ago because I thought maybe they're being hard-pressed. But when you see the money being talked about for defenders that are very, very highly rated, could have a sell-on value if you wanted to in three or four years and at, at clubs that will take the money off you. It, there's no excuses for me. There's none. And, you know... FSG got a hard time. And listen, I like FSG. I like what they've done with the club. I like how they've gone about it. They've been very, um, they've, the club is very self-sufficient. You know, they, they build this new main stand, which is fan- phenomenal looking. And they do it off a loan from FSG, which is, which is interest free. So they don't plunge the club into debt. It's just a case of you pay us back and, and everything's good. But when it comes down to this, you have to be, Objective. You can't be just, oh, well, I like FSG, so I'm not going to say anything. And you can't be just, oh, FSG out because I've always been FSG out and this just proves it. It doesn't prove anything, really, either way. But you have to look at this situation and go, why are we waiting until we get down to literally no centre-backs before we make a move? You know, if this is Jurgen Klopp. This isn't Eddie Howe managing Liverpool Football Club. This is Jurgen Klopp. This is the fella that's turned up, said what he was going to do, done it and exceeded that. Okay? And... He's doing a brilliant job this season, in my opinion, to have Liverpool within four points at the top after everything that's gone on. But if Jurgen Klopp turns around and says, I work within your system all the time. Now, I'm not saying he said this, but Jurgen Klopp works within their mandate all the time. And he asks you to step outside that once. And what could be a long-term signing that could really improve you at a really decent rate. I can't see why it's not done. I, I really, I really can't. And the problem that you've got for me is that you're playing against a side in West Ham who have, I think, a team that can arguably cause you possibly the most problems with your lack of centre-halves. You've got Antonio with one of the biggest arses in Premier League history who could just back into your young defenders. And I really do worry for Liverpool in this game from from your point of view. Um, I think West Ham are just going to be so dangerous from set plays. Suchek, the darling of the FPL, he's, uh, he's uh, a, a fantastic from set plays. The delivery through the likes of Cresswell, uh, their defence, great at getting forward. So it's going to be very dangerous for Liverpool from set plays. I think in this game, that uh, um, I think West Ham are just unfortunately for Liverpool one of the perfect sides uh, to play against in terms of for West Ham. I, I think they can exploit Liverpool's problems at the back. Um, they're obviously in great form and it's just their style of football, the goals that they score, it just matches up perfectly to the problems that Liverpool have got. Saying that, Liverpool are such a good side, they could go and score two or three goals just through their pure forward power. That that can happen against Mm. any team in the Premier League. So from a neutral's point of view, it's an excellent game to watch 
and I can see it being another high-scoring game, and it can go. I'm on a knife edge, really. I'm I'm thinking a Liverpool three-two, West Ham three-two. It, it could go either way, but I think when it comes to signings, Liverpool might just have to bite the bullet and, and go for the loan signing because if you're playing at home against the Brighton or uh, you, you're playing, which I think is a, a game coming up as well, you could have. Uh, just a steady eddy centre-half alongside maybe one of your midfielders dropping back or or someone in those games in the Premier League just to tide you over. Obviously, with the the games that you've got coming up in Europe, that won't be good enough, the likes of Mustafi. But if, he's, if he does arrive, then in a Premier League sense, against lesser opposition, um, it's surely got to be better than having no centre-halves at all and having to rely on the youngsters. Um, but for this game... I'm just going to go with West Ham, I think. I think, ultimately, from set plays, I think they're just going to take advantage. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 West Ham win. Um, and I think it's just going to be... Uh, uh, I think it's going to be a great game. But I think West Ham are just going to exploit the problems that Liverpool have got. Who knows, though? Liverpool might have changed... They might have a might have a new centre-off or two, but then you never know. Well, I think I think the time has passed. I think the... Even if they sign one, they can't play him because oh, <coughs> twelve o'clock today, I think, would have been the would have been the cut off, wouldn't it, to play on a Sunday? I think that's the way it works. Um, Chris, what way do you see this going? Uh, probably a bit of a struggle, really, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shit situation at the moment. Uh, I'm like you; I'm neither FSG in or FSG out. You know, they they do have perks, they do have you know issues. Which, uh, but to me, this is stubbornness for the sake of stubbornness. You know, this is trying to be, in my opinion, a bit too clever. And the one person who doesn't get any blame, and I think Shawnee rightly brought it up. Uh, sorry, it wasn't Shawnee. It was it was on the forum. Um, is Edwards? Mm. He he was his job is to bring the players in, but to get to get the perceived deadwood out. He didn't sell any deadwood, which is why with the model we have, we didn't buy a centre half because we didn't have the money for it. So, but you're not, I can't believe in the world that we're in at the moment with COVID and most companies doing anything to help each, help each other out. You're not telling me they can't take a short loan out. Now, people say that's like, oh, that's not what FSG do. But what what you do in a pandemic, you're not telling me you can't take a pretty low risk ro- loan out to tide them over until the end of the season. And they'll probably could pay it off very quickly with um, the champ- qualify for the Champions League. Because trust me, if we, if we follow up the Champions League, they're going to notice a big hole in their accounts there and they're going to worry about that. So this feels like a little bit of a problem we could have helped. And unfortunately, we know what the view of FSG is. Uh, they're, they're very polarising and it doesn't take much for people to lose their shit over them. Um, don't get me wrong, they're rightly getting criticised for this. Um, there's no, no real defence for it. Uh, I think Liverpool will still get the win, but I think it's going to be a hard game. Uh, only because I think we finally got a midfield balance that works, which is Genie in the six and allowing Tiago further forward. And Tiago further forward is giving the front three something to something to play with. And the front three was a lot more live than the last couple of games. So I still think we'll we will win, but I think it's gonna be like a horrible game. So I, I've got down a three one, but it's gonna be one of those games where if we if we get a third, you're talking like nineties minute getting the third and it's been a bit of a backs to the wall job. Yeah. Uh, so but I mean, West West Ham's a bit just a bit of a it's a bit of a horrible game. And if it's the West Ham, I think when I checked, they're third. They've got the third best home record in the league. Yeah. So Zuni Olsen City have, who've got more points at home than them. So, you know, this is not a this is not a gimme. This is arguably harder than the Spurs game, I would say. Mm. Um 
look, it's it, you know we have we've we've Chris going for a three one. Um, Joe was back in Liverpool as well. Pete is back in West Ham. Oh, oh, I'm I'm leaning to the side of where Pete's talking about Liverpool's forward. Oh, that's been the biggest thing for me. The forward play, especially last night, was just so. It was intricate at times. It was it was it was aggressive at times. Then it was just all out, just running over players, running over over sports when when they felt like it. And 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 one of the key things for me was Robertson looked back to his bombing best. And Trent's ball, Trent's use of the ball last night was was second to none again. You know, he hit he hits one over the top for Salah. We just he just. He just chips it with side spin on it to land in his path, and I'm like, yeah, he's alright. He's not. He's not bad at all. He's back. But um, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a two-one Liverpool win. Um, I think it'll be very, very edgy, and I think Liverpool will go in front. I think West Ham will equalise, and Liverpool will just about get the win. But it'll be interesting to see what they do over over the weekend and up until eleven o'clock on Monday night. Um, with regards to with regards to centre back, because. Um, people saying and anybody in anybody, any sort of body in will help. Um, I'm not quite on that. I'm not quite on that that, that level that, at the moment. If that was the case, then he'd he'd, he'd, he'd keep sticking Phillips and Williams in all the time, which he hasn't done. No, he's it's literally last do. resort. Yeah, we've got we've got a we've got a Premier League winning captain who needs a few games, so you can we'll loan you Wes Morgan for a month because uh, yeah. we want him back, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but you know I've backed FSG on certain things. I've been supportive. I've I've thought they've done great, and they have done brilliant things. Don't get me wrong. I think overall, for the vast majority of the time, they've been excellent. But if you look at this situation and and how bad it's got. In the last, well, it's been there since October, but how bad it's got over the last couple of weeks. How he's trying to keep these two young lads out of the side because he just knows they're not up to it. And he's, he's making the midfield suffer on the whole. And in turn, that, that was affecting the attacking side of the, side of the team. I just think to get down to this stage, I think it's just, it's just madness in my opinion, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Right, we've all we've all made our predictions there. Um, right, it's time for the viewers to get involved. So here we go. It's Arsenal versus Manchester United. So um, I'm going to call out some names and I'm going to tell you what I need you to do. Okay. So um, free world, I need you to give me the correct score. Okay. Um, Zed, if you're still there, I need you to give me if there will be a penalty. Yes or no. Uh, Barry Devaney, if you're still there, uh, red card. Yes or no. Um, Rajiv, uh, let me know if you feel there'll be a goal in the fourth half. Yes or no. Um, Nageb, uh, how many home corners? Um, Kev O'Sullivan, how many away corners? Olivier, um, if home red cards. And Stefan, um, away red cards. So if you want to throw them at me and if the lads see them, they can shout them at me. Um, <coughs> P, uh, no I just want. No red card for Barry Devaney. Okay. Um, so that's no, uh, that's cool. Uh, Kev O'Sullivan has five. What was Kev on? Kev was doing home away corners. Away corners. He was doing five. Okay. Um, Rajiv says, Rajiv says yes, a goal yes, in the first half. Yes, for a goal in the fourth half from Rajiv. Okay. Yes, from Rajiv. And um, says no penalty because, oh, it's going to be because United haven't had one since Klopp spoke out. Okay, no for a penalty. Um, let me see. Olivier, he was in there, wasn't he? Um, what did he have? No home red cards. <coughs> no home red cards. Who had the away reds? Stiff no, well, he, he just asked for reds, didn't you? Zero red. Yeah, no, home and away. 
Um, Zero red cards, Cal. Yeah. So um, I need the home corners. Whoever had home corners and whoever had the correct score. Who had the home corners? It used to be a guaranteed red card game, didn't it? Arsenal. Uh, free, well, Free World's got 1-1, one, one, wasn't he, a predictor? Free, yeah, he was the predictor. And there's one more. Who had home, whoever had home corners, shout them at me. Um, you were called out before Kev, so it must have been Nagib. Um, oh, oh home Nagib corners five. five. Home corners five. That's brilliant. That's all I needed. Uh, just quickly, P, um, the Mary Gray gone to Leverkusen. Yep. He's, it's such a, it's a shame, really, because he turned up um, in January of the league-winning season. So he's a Premier League winner at Leicester, and of course, every single one of them are heroes. Um, mm. He's got all the skill in the world. It's just not worked for him under various managers. So you, you're going to include Ranieri there. You're going to include Shakespeare, uh, Claude Powell, and uh, and obviously Brendan Rodgers. It's he's been given plenty of chances off the bench, starting. He's a good player. He just needs a move, and he knows that. Leicester fans know that, and they all wish him well. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't gone to a club in the Premier League. Uh, Southampton have been linked, the likes of West Brom, even Fulham. Even higher than that, he's he's a very talented guy. Newcastle would be absolutely fantastic for them. We know he can score goals in the Premier League. Um, He just needs a change of scenery because uh, it just times up really at a football club. There you go. Um, It's just not worked for him. And uh, yeah, all the best to him. And uh, it's quite... It's quite rare a player leaves a football club um, with all the best will in the world, but uh, he certainly gets that from Leicester because he won the league with us, and yeah. uh, he's always seemed like a a very mild mannered lad as well. So uh, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, you never know. You might see him. Is you might see him back in the Premier League um, at some stage. Joe, do you expect any signings before Monday? <laughs> uh, from us, mate. Nah, nah. No, we won't do no don't. business. Nah, no, nothing. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, we expect three to four centre halves coming in, um, <clears throat> just to make sure. Um, no, we don't know, but the forum will be um, on live from ten o'clock, so they'll probably keep an eye on the transfer window as it goes or any developments. If anything happens over the weekend regarding Liverpool, I think um, we we will we will jump on if anything if anything happens. Yeah, just regarding incomings at Leicester, it is interesting that Rogers did actually mention um, because Dennis Pratt's injury. We will be, well, we are looking for an attacking midfielder or centre forward. And um, the rumours at the moment. Give Okarigi's free. Well, the, the rumours at the moment is that plans for the summer, because the likelihood is that Leicester are going to go for a main centre forward in the summer, someone who can then play second fiddle to Jamie Vardy with a plan to then move him gradually ahead of Vardy, probably during next season or at least the season after. And the, and the, and the rumour is that Leicester are ve- really looking hard at maybe bringing the plans forward to having a go at the end of the window. And Edson Edouard up at Celtic has been linked naturally because of the Rogers link. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for him in the next couple of days uh, instead of in the summer. Um, yeah. It's just a case of whether they want to spend that money now. But uh, well, I wouldn't be well, surprised. But the league so. is over. The league is over up in Scotland. So Celtic, if they want to make money, they can make it now. And um, you know, it's it's not going to overly affect their season that they're having. You know, they're, I think they're out of the cups, and and the, the league is more or less done. Uh, Joe, before you fall asleep, God love you. Um, three scorers for the three scorers for the weekend, Joe. I've written them down. Sorry, bro. I'm really tired today. Uh, where is it? Where's it gone? Um, I did have them written down as well. 
I'll come back to you. Chris, give us three scores. Uh, Salah, Son and Sterling. Okay. Uh, Pete? Uh, I've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, I can see Pulisic starting. Tuchel's uh, man from Dortmund. I'm surprised he didn't play. So I'm going Pulisic and I'm going to go for Luckman to get Allardyce sacked. Okay, nice one. Um, before Joe goes through all the all the foils there to find out what's going on, um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go also go with Dominic Calvert Leon. Um, I'm going to go with Bernardo Silva, and I'm going to go with. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to go Bruno Fernandez for United. I think that's my three. Joe, go on. Just show three names of me. Pretend you're yeah, Rafinha, yeah, Saka, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Well, look, lads, um, I've kept you a bit longer than I should have, but the chat was um, the chat was absolutely flying, and as always, brilliant, brilliant guests. Um, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again during the week. Cheers for having me, mate. Good stuff, Joe. You go and get a sleep, and I'll see you next Friday, brother. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, brother. Good stuff. And P, don't leave us so long next time. Um, you're always welcome on this show. Any Friday night you want, you just let me know and we'll make an absolute spot here for you. No worries. Thanks very much. Hopefully the scores go uh, as well as last time. Obviously for your case, maybe not the West Ham game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. <laughs> um, thanks to everybody in the chat um, for watching. It's been amazing. On your way out, hit the like button. Um, if you want to hit the share button and share it across your social media, you're more than welcome to as well. Remember, uh, ColossusBets.com. This uh, pick that you've given me for Arsenal versus Manchester United will be up in the next half an hour. You will need to get in on it before half five tomorrow, before the match starts. But sign up. takes four or five minutes. Use LFCDT as your reference. Get in there. Find their syndicates. Set If you want to set your own ones up and let us know about them, because that is also an option there as well. So, um, yeah, it's been really good. That has been the Friday forecast. Um, we're off tomorrow. Um, that's usually a day off we're back on Sunday but if anything happens Liverpool transfer wise in the meantime we will jump on and do a little bit of reaction have a good one enjoy the rest of enjoy, enjoy the last 21 minutes of your Friday but most of all enjoy your weekend over and out 15 minutes could save you 15% or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what it's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell 15 minutes could save you 15% or more But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto. ¿Viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.